before before <laughs> I, I we start this qu- this show, I got a question. Are we? How do we feel about JGR in general? Or do we just not like Denny? Oh fuck him! <laughs> fuck all of them. Fuck, okay. Fuck that whole team, dude. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, well, good to know. Got my intro ready. Though. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was our fault. We made a mistake. Spider said it was clear. I wasn't clear, and, you know, I, I didn't want to tear my car, tear his car up either. I respect everybody, and I demand respect. And, you know, I apologized to the guy when he came over the car, explained to him what happened, and then he took it to another level when he started calling me an idiot and whatever else. And I don't appreciate that. I'm not going to take it. I told him how I feel. I called him out. He didn't show. You know, so, you know, I'm good with it. He's good with it, but I'm not going to be disrespected by no means. Yeah, I guess uh, I had a dinner date at Applebee's last night that I didn't find out until it was too late. It's a shame love their riblets and boneless wings, but... Uh... All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to Meet Me at Applebee's, your JGR-hating podcast. This is yeah. Brian K. once again with uh, Rob and Ashley. Folks, how you doing this week? Pretty good, man. It's them yoders out to get back to cheating, if you ask me. How, what do you think, True Love? <laughs> Uh, yep. <laughs> you put uh, that one on a t-shirt. That was that was probably my favorite one so far, to be honest with you. Uh, so we, we, we had some racing this weekend. There was all sorts of racing. Uh, let's see. We had Texas, Richmond, wherever the fuck F1 was. All sorts of races. Yeah. So let's talk about them. Yeah, there was, this is the first, like, open for business weekend across the short track world across the nascar world, everything was running it was great i don't think there was well, a time where you for... could have flipped on your tv or flow or whatever and uh, missed out on something well let's just not everywhere was running because you were supposed to go to a race this weekend and it got canceled i know my buddy well, uh, yeah my buddy true. bobby his race got canceled too so well the modified race on friday down in uh richmond also got postponed but i guess i'm just saying that friday to sunday there was always something you could tap into on the internet or if there was a if it didn't get rained out, it was happening, which is pretty much how races go, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> that's Did the smartest ever thing I've ever said on this show. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry Trulo. Did they ever get the modified race in? I didn't. They ran it after the Xfinity race. Yeah. Any coverage about it? And congratulations to Austin Beers for getting his first modified tour win. He's a a new shoe. Uh, he's been around New England for a little bit, but uh, it's just sort of his first foray into the. Uh, big boy world of the modifieds and uh he won very convincingly so congrats to him uh nice. also it was pretty fun to see uh justin bonsignor and uh i forget who else it was uh get into it on the front stretch a little bit nobody was happy after that race except for austin beers so but congrats to him uh that team in particular they don't uh really win a whole lot either so it was nice to see that whole combination of folks uh on the top step down at richmond so hopefully you see them at the icebreaker this weekend Yes, we'll we'll get into that later. Um, so I guess we'll talk about Richmond because I mean, is there much to say about F one? I heard that sucked. Nobody wants to talk about F one. We're we're an anti F one podcast. Apparently, they, they got a they got a NASCAR style finish from what I hear. I haven't watched that race, so I can't comment on it. But F one NASCAR. I watched it, but I, I the mean, first like thirteen laps were fine, and then Verstappen took the lead, and I quit paying attention. So. See, it's it's funny you mentioned that they had a NASCAR style finish because uh, I was watching the last twenty laps or so of the India race at the gym, and that seemed like a NASCAR finish, at least getting the last lap wrecked there. That race was fucking incredible, by the way. 
everything you could ever ask for in an IndyCar oval race uh, happened at Texas. And I don't think it saves uh, Texas Motor Speedway's reputation for NASCAR fans, which means it probably doesn't mm-hmm. save whatever configuration it's in right now uh, for any racing. But God damn, it's kind of like that Fontana race in 2015. I don't think this race was on par with that one by any stretch, but it was still a barn burner. But I love how IndyCar and I guess most racing series have a way of when they're about to make a change in a track. And again, nothing's been announced for Texas, but you got to assume they're going to try something. Yeah. But as soon as, you know, the axe gets close to the chicken's neck, if you will, <laughs> they pull out a hell of a race. <laughs> and that IndyCar race was certainly one of them. And uh, congrats to uh, Joseph Newgarden uh, for winning that one. That was Pato Awards race, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, Joseph got lucky with the loop data and, I got to be honest, I love races that don't end under green-white checker, even if they're under yellow. I hate green-white checkers. I hate overtime. So it was cool to see one still be exciting and end. Uh, even though it ended under yellow, it was still something uh, to be excited about. I mean, I'm not I'm not full-on indie-pilled yet, but I'm starting to get converted. What Every time I see, watch a little of it, it's like, okay, this, is, this isn't too bad. This is definitely way better than f1 i'll fucking say that you're never going to get me sold on f1 but indy indy i think you can make a fan out of me oh yeah it's it'll be easy especially come month of may when i talk about it for the entire episode <laughs> it's gonna i'm gonna break you down but death by a thousand cuts well now that we we got the other races out of the way so let's talk nascar uh you know obviously i guess let's talk about the texas truck race first since you know to back, piggyback off the uh indie race uh i didn't watch all that race but that was uh quite the shit show of a finish i know i know you guys aren't fans mm-hmm. of carson Josevar and him winning this way was not the greatest win but you know mm-hmm. i think it was just uh you know disappointing to see the move sanchez made and fucked it all up for everybody yeah i mean people want to pin that on carson hosevar and he certainly didn't lift but I mean, it ain't his real. fault nick sanchez took himself out of that win that was his own fault yeah. it was that that wreck was about as much when well, i shouldn't say it's i shouldn't compare it to the chastain thing because he did touch Sanchez, but there was no oh, saving San- yeah. There was no saving Sanchez, anyways. Like it wasn't I mean, just- Sanchez had a nice save through the grass until he didn't. Yeah, I, I don't think he ever had control of that truck. I, you know, Carson clearly did not help, and maybe he wouldn't have wrecked had Carson not been there. But he mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have won. I don't think. I don't think there would have been any discussion to that being a dirty move either if it wasn't Carson Hosevar whose bumper he got sent off of. You know, right. if it wasn't for all the other shit he's involved in and uh, has a reputation. It's it's the Chastain syndrome thing, you mm-hmm. know? Like People are automatically going to pin that on him. And, you know, he could have lifted. He could have backed out of it. Would have sent Sanchez into the wall still, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But mm-hmm. I don't think you can really blame Carson Hosevar with his first win within, you know, a few thousand feet from him. And then this guy loses control in front of you and you're supposed to just back off. Like, I don't know. That's especially when wins are at such a paramount and you have Mm -hmm. to get them to move forward in the playoffs, especially in the trucks, because they only have like three cars in the playoffs or something Mm -hmm. like that. (laughs) So (laughs) you kind of have to, but I'm going to, I'll bite my tongue on this one. Congrats to Carson. He's a good driver for sure. Uh, He does a lot of things that I think are dumb and I think we'll get into that a little bit later, but Mm -hmm. you know, He's been due for a win for a while, and uh, he finally got one. So we'll leave it at that. And then on to the Xfinity race. That was another race that I don't think was – This See, this I, weekend I might have been the first weekend in a while where I think the cup race was actually clearly better than the Xfinity race. Uh, I at don't least remember in my eyes the Xfinity was. race. I watched the Xfinity race. I, it's, it's not memorable to me. 
you you didn't you didn't miss much really. Mm-hmm. It wasn't much going on. I mean, that's uh, fine. That's yeah, fine. It was it was a race. They can't know? they can't all be lottery winners. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the cup race gonna... was definitely uh, was pretty good. But uh, what was up? We're not gonna address the uh, the wreck that happened in the truck race. Oh, the one I was <laughs> the one I sent you all a wall a text about. Oh, that one. Yeah, I guess we should. What a what a goddamn wow. Yeah, Just, Rob, go off because I knew you had a lot to say about it. <laughs> well, I have on the notes here, and I, this is something I wrote down um, after the wreck happened. Before I started texting you guys, and it was that Matt Mills and Armani Williams should look into going to community college instead. Uh, of being race car drivers. Uh, but I got to be honest, the more I thought about it and the more I watched the replay of that and the angrier I got, it's it's like a whole team-wide systems failure thing. With the sp- Maybe their spotters didn't tell them. I, I don't know. But to have the caution come out, and this happens a lot in the truck series now, but for the, to have the caution come out and then 10 seconds later have a car fly in there in full, a full song mm-hmm. and just clean out somebody in the driver's door. Like, I'm sorry, you do not deserve a seat if that's the way you're gonna and if you have mechanical failure that's one thing but then i want to turn my attention to the team why are your brakes failing that fucking badly on a super well i guess not a super speedway but it's for the trucks i suppose that's one of the bigger tracks they go to yeah i don't know and for the spotter to not notice that just like who the fuck was paying attention in that moment and there's at least six people that weren't and poor dean <laughs> yeah, I mean, thompson whoever the hell that not, is you know it's not <laughs> no like offense, it's dean, but <laughs> It's not like there wasn't plenty of room on the outside of that truck. And even if you had to just go through the fucking grass, like, you know, that just, you you know, it was just to, embarrassing to see that. For me, it's the time, you know, the yellow comes out. Someone, whether it's the light on the fence, whether it's, you know, the little kid in the front row waving the yellow flag himself that he, he brought with him, <laughs> whether it's just your instinct, whether it's the light on your digital fucking dash telling you the caution's out, you should know. And if you don't know that the yellow is out at that point, then you probably shouldn't be driving in one of the top series of stock car racing in the United States. And again, I'm not a race car driver. I, I can hear you. all 10 people that listen to this out there like, well, you don't drive a race car. You're right. I'm in my fucking basement. That's correct. That is certified. I'll take a picture of it and show you. I am not a race car driver. And I'm currently a basement dweller at this moment when I'm recording this. But I'm sorry, man. Like, sometimes you just got to believe your eyes and that sort of shit that we saw with that wreck is completely unacceptable at that level. Just, just my two cents. And if I don't, I don't care, like if it's your age, whatever it is, if you're too young to handle it, you shouldn't fucking be there. If you're too old and you, and you don't know what you should be doing, you shouldn't be out there. Go drive fucking Miatas, you know, in a parking lot for autocross. I don't know. Find something else to do. Just my two cents. That's I agree with all of it. Angry Tuesday night over here. <laughs> so angry. <laughs> And speaking of angry, we got to get into uh, everybody hating. Uh, no, you know what? Do we do Ross or do we do Denny? Because we got to talk get about Denny Coleman. out of the way. Yeah, let's oh, get yeah, Denny let's, out yeah. of the way. Yeah, let's let the parade of hate uh, continue um, here. With Denny. So Denny Hamlet just out of pocket cleaning out JJ Yaley. Yep, and <laughs> for thirtieth place, as the one person on this show that, or Rob, do you listen to Denny's podcast or no? No. Okay, as the one person on this show that actually listens to Denny's podcast every week, uh, he and I'm sure his his penalty had nothing to do with this, but he flat out denied wrecking JJ on purpose. He was like, "Ah, oh, <laughs> he 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 said some bullshit about JJ getting up in his lane and he's like, why would I do that? It was 30th place. Why would I wreck him? We're old buddies. Like, 
And he said something on the radio about JJ kind of understanding what happened after the fact. And it's just, just all bullshit from Denny. Uh, <laughs> every, I, I started out 2022, or I, I shouldn't say started out the season because I was already starting to not like him, but I used to be mm. a Denny fan the last couple of years. At yeah. least not my favorite, but I enjoyed him. With yeah. every single podcast he puts out, I like him less and less. Every single one. Everything he does every week, I like him less and less. I respect <laughs> I respect the investment he has in the sport. I I respect the fact that he opens his mouth and speaks his mind because there are very few drivers at his level, aside from yeah. maybe Kevin yeah. Harvick, that do that. But he is just becoming so unlikable with everything he just says and does. Speaking of his team, how about his fucking IT guy going over the wall during that pit stop? <laughs> So that is that what actually that happened? Was, no. You, had, no, true love, was, you, you were joking about it. Uh, I just listened to DBC before this, uh, uh, Tuesday it, tradition for me. The, it, it actually was, the was his guy? I, it was the pit road oh IT guy collecting tires in front of Michael fucking Jordan. So wow. yeah, true love was joking amazing. about it. Like he looks like the IT guy. He had his little vest on. He looked like a nerd. Yeah. He did. And you were right. Jesus. Screwed Bubba's whole day. Man, <laughs> in front of Michael Jordan too, like front row center. Yeah, that was good, man. That's that's something else I'll blame Denny for because he shouldn't have his IT guys on on pit road like that. Yeah, catching tires. That's like some uh, that's some uh, not Xfinity series. Well, I guess it is. I guess that's some uh, some Mike Harmon shit. Some, <laughs> Yes, definitely. That's pretty funny if Denny's taking out back markers like that and he's running his pit road just like those guys. I do appreciate that. Whoever (laughs) can catch tires can. So maybe that's why he's pissed off. But I don't know if that's got something to do with the whole JGR deal and he has to use their pit guys or what, but just pickings over there. I don't know. Speaking of JGR, we, we laid some hot hatred on them when we opened the show here but it does mm-hmm. not seem like a happy place to be living right now nope um especially after christopher bell laid the blame on somebody else after fucking up william byron's day let me let's let's get on this hot take here as a ross chastain <laughs> fan do you know how vindicated Bell's. i feel after all this fuck bit? you <laughs> Listen. Sorry, go, let go me let me first. also let me also say this real quick because I, I'm also the one person on this show that kind of likes Carson Hosevar. Listen, the first exposure I had to NASCAR was Days of Thunder. No matter how much I try to forget what I learned from that movie, the whole rubbing his race and bumping shit that's always going to be burning in my brain. So maybe subconsciously that's why I like these guys because I, as a kid I loved Dale and Ernie who both had really bad reputations for wrecking people. Now as yeah. an adult apparently I like Ross Chastain who also has a reputation for wrecking people, which uh, he did not do this weekend even yeah. though he was blamed it by Christopher Bell. Yeah, one he, time, the literal one, the one time. time. Uh, you mean it, you mean that didn't happen nope. in Atlanta when he didn't wreck Kevin Harvick either? Yeah, I'm yeah, still sticking with that one. Yeah, yeah, Christopher <laughs> Bell definitely had his pleated Hagar's in a bunch for <laughs> the wrong reasons this weekend. <laughs> Speaking of Days of Thunder, you know, I think somebody who should, who should watch that movie would be Matt Mills and Armani Williams. Uh, hold on, hold on, they, hold should hold watch, on. they should watch that <laughs> scene with the smoke. And, Notice how no one got hit in that one. That's, that's oh, true. We have to follow up, though, with this whole the Ross and, and, and Christopher Bell thing. What this resulted in was a flood 
an absolute flood of amazing, wonderful oh. Ross Chastain did it memes. Oh Ross Chastain, yeah. apparently he, he caused the wreck at the 79 500. He caused the sinking of the Titanic. He was at uh, January 6th. He did nine yeah. 11. Ross he did, did all nine 11. It was all he his did. fault. The JFK assassination. <laughs> yeah. All He's fun chase at Martinsville. Yeah. We got the receipts people. But yeah, I do love a good uh, explosion of memes. So I do appreciate everyone hating on Ross, even though, again, this last time wasn't really his fault. What do you mean wasn't really? It was not his fault. It wasn't really. It was not his fucking fault. Well, not even, well, you know, being on, not even a hint. Yeah, he, <laughs> he showed up to the track that weekend. So he's one so, of at least 36 involved. He's got one foot in the grave right there. So yeah, oh, you fucking guys. All right, well there, there's my, there's my Ross Chastain vindication. So what's, what's next on the old docket here? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know where to go after that. <laughs> yeah, I got a bad taste in my mouth. Wash this taste thing. out of my mouth. Yep. Ugh. Um, let's see. I guess we could go on to the. Uh, do we go to the dart for the week next? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else. Well, we were talking about we were talking about Carson Hosevar, and this is directly tied in. So yeah, let's just jump ah, on him. The angry train rolling. Uh, yeah, it is the play haters ball here tonight on uh, or this afternoon or whenever you're listening to this very positive episode of Meet Me at Applebee's. Yeah, by the <laughs> way, I, I will I will throw a little positive thing in here before we moved on. I thought that race was pretty good. All it was. Oh yeah, it was very yeah, enjoyable, was- and I think that that was the right just the right direction for NASCAR to be going in with the shorter mm-hmm. spoiler and whatever they did with good you did with the tires. It seemed to work. So hopefully that yeah. saves other places like uh, New Hampshire and uh, well, New Hampshire has been okay, I guess, but you know, Martinsville in Martinsville. particular, you know, I think that this sort of bodes well for a lot of places. Uh, yeah. It was definitely the best Richmond race in a few years. So I was, I was entertained watching it for sure. Yeah. So c- congrats to, to them, uh, especially after a whole week of just getting drugged for this whole Hendrick penalty reversal, which wasn't NASCAR's fault by any means though they did create the system that put him in that we don't have to talk about that shit uh but yeah it's nice to see at least someone in the nascar office get an edible arrangement sent to him for making a good decision uh because the race on (laughs) sunday was actually pretty damn good so (laughs) anyway dar for the week here um like i said carson hosevar he is uh a topic of conversation on this show so far i don't know if we really talk about him very much on here i I run my mouth all the time to you guys off mic yeah. I try and keep my real negative. This is funny to say after this fucking opening ten minutes of this show, but I try and keep most of my shit talk off, you know, off the airwaves here, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I don't like to run my mouth too much, but uh, our dar for the week this week is a guy who really, really loves Carson Hosevar and just really just fucking hates Rich Bickle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I should say his name. Oh, fuck it. His name is Alex Wood. He's a journalist, I guess. I don't know who he's written for, but he seems to be pretty well connected. He had. A- a podcast for a little bit. I don't even know what it was called, but when I did a little a little bit of research on this just to make sure I wasn't putting my foot in my mouth here, I noticed that he had some pretty big guests on his show, and maybe he knows what he's talking about. I don't know. But this, he, he again, really loves Carson Hosevar. His best um, friend. They're either actually best friends or Carson maybe want to fucking call the police. One of the two here. I'm not really <laughs> sure which one it is. But in the wake of Carson winning this race and the internet being a little bit negative about that win, because again, even if it wasn't completely unjustified, it was a car flying off the, the front of Carson Hosevar's car, resulting in his win. But anyway, this guy, Alex, whether he's his best friend or not, um, 
really just decides to take all of his anger out on Rich Bickle for whatever reason. And it took me a little while. Oh, by the way, this Darf of the Week comes to us from, uh, again, from professional Darf hunter uh, Kyle Armstrong of the Forward Bite Podcast. This, it's the second time this guy has found us some gold. So, uh, again, give him a give his show a listen if you want to learn about dirt late models. It's fucking awesome on the Speed Sport Network. Uh, so I'll just go ahead, unsolicited. As far as I know, he posts a picture of a signed Rich Bickle trading card. It says, free toilet paper. Who wants it? It shocks me how much this clown isn't in a jail cell. He can't go around threatening people just because he doesn't like them. He's an immature crybaby who's upset because Michigan drivers are worlds better than Wisconsin drivers. Rich Bickle is an even worse crybaby than Kyle Busch. Well, I don't know about that. The man, in quotes, the man is a dirty driver. Dirty with no talent and did absolutely nothing in NASCAR, and yet he thinks he was better than Richard Petty. I'm shocked how this clown never got knocked on his ass. I'm waiting for the day he fucks with the wrong person and gets what's coming to him, an assault charge. I swear if this fool ever attempts to take a swing at me, I will not hesitate to have him arrested. Um, and it goes on I, in the comment section. And I know there's you got something you want to say, so Brian, please take the... <laughs> I, got, I got two things to say. One, when the hell did Rich Bickle ever say he was better than Richard Petty? And two, I don't think I don't think a fucking trading card is good toilet paper. Yeah, who wi- who's wiping their ass with a trading card? That seems like the absolute worst thing you could possibly have. The highest level of desperation. So the, the, the research that I did on this, and again, I didn't want to go too far because, you know, I have a wife and a mortgage and a job and a life to attend to. Uh, but apparently... 2021 snowball derby i believe or excuse me it's slinger uh rich bickle and carson hosevar got into a carson i don't remember this 100 percent what happened but carson kind of did his usual routine on rich and he rich kind of got mad on his joint facebook account with his wife which is kind of funny to see darcy dash rich bickle just <laughs> cussing carson hosevar on the internet <laughs> but he it's i won't read it it is what it is. He basically says, you know, next time you do it, I'm going to kick your ass. And uh, the only reason you're here is because of daddy's money, which I don't think is entirely true. I don't think Carson's loaded by any means. But anyway, this, this definite friction from two or three years ago at the Snowball Derby. And I think the Slinger National, if I remember correctly. Um, and then our buddy Alex here is just uh, taken up the flag losing his mind yeah and then just yeah trying to say that you know rich bickle is a has-been and no talent and i'm sorry you don't win five snowball derbies as a has-been or as it never was or whatever the fuck you want to call that's just he calls himself a historian here but i'm sorry like maybe his nascar record isn't that great though he did win a few races in the truck series so there's that but i mean rich bickle is a legend you know that you could almost say that you know Dick Trickle is a, a wash-up, or a has-been, even though, because his NASCAR record wasn't so hot, which obviously we all know that is fucking false. So anyway, I'm going to spare this guy a true judgment this week. I'm not going to give him a sentence or anything like that. Time served, buddy. But just go out and take a deep breath. Enjoy the fresh air. Spring is upon us. Relax. Get some Log ice off. cream. Log the fuck off for just a sec. Get some ice cream, please. And that's Since- our dart for the week, folks. Yep. Since this was WrestleMania weekend, I watched a lot of wrestling, and our question of the week is is going to be from my former wrestling podcast co-host. Uh, I'll just say that uh, our our buddy Alex's behavior here is very reminiscent of uh, a lot of overzealous. I'm going to say that as nicely as possible. 
uh, wrestling word. fans who take wrestling way too seriously, uh, maybe to the point of, uh, you know, there's some mental illness involved. And that's kind of where I'm feeling like <laughs> Alex is coming from with, with, with some of the stuff he's saying. When you do a six-hour podcast about someone, um, that's – Oh, yeah, he did do that. Yeah, That's – that's crazy. That's real crazy. <laughs> I don't so, know that's what, what I'm say. saying. Just, just go outside. Take a breath. I just, just want to add fucking one, cigarette, bro. Yeah. one little tidbit. When, when this was presented to us, I did a little research on Rich Bickle here, and I was not aware that he was a co- co-owner of a strip club. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. He was. But that's a fact. Club, <laughs> the strip club got shut down in 2021 because they had four shootings in the parking lot. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Okay. I'm well, Alex, if you, got, if you know something we don't, <laughs> give us a call. By the way, if you guys like what you hear on this show, you got questions for us, like we're about to answer, hit us up on all of our channels. You can do it on Spotify, tweet us, DMs, all that. We'd love to talk to you. Even you, Alex, even though I kind of like burned you a little bit there. You know, if you know something about Rich Bickle, we don't, shoot us a message. We'll talk about it. In the spirit of not, diplomacy. Not for six hours, though. Not for six hours, though, yeah. No. Um, so yes, going on to our question of the week, uh, like I said, this one comes, uh, from my former podcast co-host of pod Van Dam. Uh, my name, his name is Ed. Uh, let me give a quick background on Ed. So Ed isn't as much of a racing fan as most of us are, but Ed was a big fan of NASCAR in the two thousands. So that's kind of where his, uh, you know, wealth of knowledge is as far as racing is concerned. And he always asked me, yeah, he always asked me questions and we talk about stuff and, uh, his, his question that he brought up here, and, and I just had it pulled up, and, and of course I closed out of it as I was going to read it. Uh, da, 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 where the fuck? I got it up right it? here. I'll, I'll read it if you want. Uh, go right ahead and read it. No, I got it. Never mind. So I have a question. I'm rewatching a bunch of old 2002 NASCAR races. My favorite rewatching these is Jeff Green. The 30 car never matters, and he's basically paid to drive around a very fast AOL billboard for a few hours every Sunday. Uh, <laughs> do you have do you guys all have a favorite driver who never won and also just drove around a very fast billboard for a few hours every Sunday? Seems like a sweet job. No one has any expectations for you. Your owner knows you'll lose, so you can kind of just chill. It rules. Um, so I agree. It does rule. <laughs> two things real quick that I'll, I'll say before I guess we can all give our answers. Um, one, Ed did not know that the AOL car was actually supposed to be Kevin Harvick's, and Harvick's entire career may have panned out a little differently had Dale not passed away. Um, so when yeah. I told him that when I told him that his mind was just blown um, second off what we're going to get into maybe our past favorites, but I, I can safely collectively say that our current favorite uh, all three of us is BJ McLeod. Yep. He is yeah. our favorite. I don't think One, there's, yeah, there's yeah. 100%. We're, all, yeah, we're all part of the McLeod crowd. I know yeah. our fantasy league is also part of the McLeod crowd. So yes, BJ is very loud our for McLeod. Yes. Absolutely. Um, now in saying guys from the past, I guess see, this one was a little tough to answer because, you know, Ed said guys that never won. And, and I, I'm going to give my answer as a guy that did win, but a guy that, you know, there's about 20 years between the, his last start and his last win. And I'm going to go with Dave Marcus because, you know, I loved Dave. I love, I'm, I'm an independent driver fan. Uh, Dave always had wacky sponsors on his car in the nineties. He had Olive Garden, he had Prodigy, he had Realtree, like just really cool looking cars with weird sponsors. That Realtree um, car is one of my favorite looking race cars of all time too, by the way. Not, 
not to mention the fact that even in the 80s, uh, he was sponsored by a woman named Helen Ray, who was just like a rich widow who wanted to get involved in NASCAR and just like put her name on a race car. Um, so there's another weird sponsor uh, for you. So I guess that's going to be my answer. Um, I had a couple other potential ones, but uh, yeah, he, that'd be mine. God. True love, you go ahead here. I got to think about this for a second. Uh, well, I didn't realize that we were breaking the rules and picking drivers that had actually won a race like Brian here had done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if there's, if there's 20 years between your wins and your last start, I think that that uh, as far that, as drivers that, that have never won, I just it was a very short list. Uh, I'd probably have to go with Dave Blaney. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Also, a great looking car from that era. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So, I'll give you one of each here. Um, okay. I think we just mentioned Dick Trickle. I don't think you can mention um, a guy who'd ever won without mentioning dick trickle he did win in the bush series and obviously has a thousand wins elsewhere asa Mm -hmm. uh but yeah dick never won at the top level in nascar but you always really wanted to see it you always felt good watching him you know and uh you know dick trickle is a hero of mine so i gotta i gotta say dick trickle in the modern era i gotta say david reagan even though that also breaks the rules because he did did win a couple times Mm -hmm. but uh i became a fan of his just to piss off a buddy of mine and uh (laughs) Started buying T-shirts, and before you know it, you're just a David Reagan fan. So, I did order a uh, a David Reagan T-shirt once directly from DavidReaganRacing.com. I think it's the website. Uh, and it was supposed to be autographed, and it wasn't. It was like a sweatsuit gray T-shirt, and I got it specifically so you could see the autograph on it. And it wasn't signed when it got here. It was only seven dollars, so I don't really hold it against them. But David, if you hear this, you owe me a fucking T-shirt, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, those are those are my two guys, and there are so many to be honest. I'm, you know, especially honestly, from that era. You know, like the early mid two thousands when there was like sixty cars showing up. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm surprised that you didn't go with your favorite Uncle Kenny, Rob. Kenny never good, won a cup race. That's a good choice too. That is a good choice too. I forget that he didn't. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess we got to give a shout out to Uncle Kenny there uh, for never winning. A, who posted a, <laughs> a really good one on Twitter today? Just asking, what is woke? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's surpri- the responses are surprisingly more measured than you'd expect. <laughs> but yeah, this man is just out for violence on, on Twitter. And I, I'm here for it. But yeah, you know, I'll, I'll back that up. Yeah, Kenny Wallace is a good choice for that, too. Also drove yeah. some nice looking cars. I that saw right- that tweet and then I saw that there was more comments and there were likes. And I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to open <laughs> Oh, man. But, but yeah, great question, Ed. Um, that's the kind of stuff we're looking for right there. But again, like we said last week, if you want to ask us a question, you can get weird with it. You know, we're down to ask the questions that nobody wants to ask. You know, like, you know, does Ty Gibbs have a tail? Perhaps. <laughs> does he? I think he might. You know, like, no like you said last week, this, is Tyler Reddick Kurt Busch's son? Who knows? Listen, but we'd like no to one, find out. No one's proven otherwise that Ty doesn't have a tail. So... You know, he's well, he's saving himself for marriage, for and you know so, the Lord. So that's between him, Jesus, and his uh, yeah. pediatrician right now. <laughs> so let's make that pop off. Hashtag Ty Gibbs has a tail. Uh, you heard it here first, folks, on the Meet Me at Applebee's podcast. I guess that leads us to kind of uh, hard to move part. on from that one, isn't it? <laughs> 
I, I guess that leads us to our final segment of the week, and I'm excited <laughs> to talk about this. Um, Me too. You know, Rob, Rob, I know uh, you were you were rained out last weekend, but you'll be at Thompson Speedway this weekend, and Thompson right. Speedway is the location of our video of the week. And it I'm going to sure let is. you uh, roll off this first because it was your choice. Yeah, so I had this picked out. Um, actually, I don't even know how this came across my feed. Uh, this is from that New England Racing History or New England Racing Archives YouTube page, which, again, if you want something to watch, you want to learn something, want to see something you haven't seen, please, please subscribe. It's such a great resource for New England racing and just short track racing in general. There's so much wild shit on here. And this is one of those videos. Uh, this particular video is from 1989 when the Super Dirt Car Series came down. Uh, they had a pavement series they run a little bit you know it's also kind of appropriate since nascar this weekend is going to bristol to race on dirt um on the flip side a bunch of uh big block modifieds came down from up north and uh raced on the pavement down here at thompson speedway and it's a pretty fascinating little race it's definitely a vhs uh presentation something they would probably sell at the concession stand or uh you know via via mail order i guess <laughs> but it day. does uh it does have uh star of abc and espn larry newber as one of the commentators yeah larry newber is one of the commentators i don't know who the other guy is but yeah, uh, they, they do a, a decent job of, of handling this and they're uh, flesh colored polos that <laughs> yeah are they wearing shirts or do their bodies uh, yeah. have collars who knows but... well blame blame miller for that because i think that was their fault yeah um but i let me say let me just say this real quick i so I, when i saw you sent a thompson link i was like okay that makes sense wasn't until a week later when i actually sat and had a chance to watch it i was like oh shit this is dirt modifieds on asphalt this exactly. is right up my fucking alley so exactly and i love uh, a good fish out of water situation a, a good run what you brung show one of my favorite races i ever saw in person was up at a wir or kakana uh, there was a run what you brung race um on that oval uh it was like a thursday night show my band just happened to be on tour up there for some festival and we stopped in and uh caught a race on a thursday night and i forget the name of the race uh, if i figure out what it was i'll put it up in the comments here or in the uh show notes uh but there was a dirt late model out there there was a couple like arca cars there was a, a pavement modified there was a couple street stocks it was fucking nuts and that's not what this is by any means but anytime you can see something that's not supposed to happen happen it, mm -hmm. it's a great pleasure of mine and this is certainly one of those occasions again the big block modifieds that are usually on dirt uh, in fact they most of these guys raced on dirt the night before i forget where they came from i think they were somewhere in upstate new york canadagua canadagua that's right uh, I think this is the second race they ran on asphalt this year. Again, the Super Dirt Series, are, and I apologize, that's not what it was called back in those days, but the Super Dirt Car Series at the time did a pavement series in the middle of their season. Uh, they were at San Air uh, a few weeks prior, and uh, Ken Schrader, of course, won that race. Uh, Ken Schrader's in this one as well, and he puts on a show in his heat. Um, seriously, if it's not a fucking short track video. Uh, that you just dug up out of the corner of the internet if Ken Schrader's not racing in it. I swear to God, that guy was everywhere. <laughs> um, you know, other th other than Ken Schrader, you got Jeff Bodine, who was a Thompson Track champion way back in the day, and he you've was. got all the the stars of the modified series at the time. Lots of Bob McCready footage. I mean, oh, yeah. this race put Bob was... in full effect. Yeah, Bob was was he started off the video with um, uh, kind of talking about 
the differences between the setups of the cars and he was talking about how uh he had just switched over to independent rear suspension which i guess i didn't realize at the time that a lot of those dirt cars were running straight axles um and there was kind of a debate as to whether or not that was the way to go and if you watch the race it was very clear that it was the way to go because uh bob was the only uh straight up modified racer that wasn't lapped at the very end um you know it came down to to him and jeff at the very end which we'll get to when we get to the end of the race um Starting the starting the before the race though, I mean, there's Danny Danny Johnson gets mentioned a handful of times, and he starts off this show with an interview, and he looks so annoyed. He just wants to get his car switched over, and this interviewer is asking him these boring questions, yeah. and Danny's just like, "Yeah, you know, it's not that hard, but I, I I need time, you know." And he's just like wants to get this over with. He looked um, very sweaty and disheveled, and. Well, people mm-hmm. don't people don't realize how human New England can get, and I can tell you those cotton T-shirts they had back in those days, mm-hmm. them things are fucking ten pounds a pop, especially when you sweat through them like that. Well, Coming not even no co- sleep. I'd be mad too if if uh, if I was getting talked at. <laughs> a lot of shirts back then were fifty fifty blend, and those fifty fifty blend ones don't the po- half polyester ones they don't mm-hmm. quite breathe as well as cotton. So yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass. Now you can put your trash in those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Won't leak. Um, we, we have, uh, some daytime heat action, um, where you kind of see the cars, some of them drift through the turns a little bit, like they're still on dirt, which I think is interesting to see. And some of the guys, I mean, I know one point Billy Decker and Ken Schrader get down all the way on the apron, basically in the dirt, trying to pass people. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. The funny Um, thing about it was Ken Schrader does have a lot of experience on dirt, but he was probably the guy who was hanging. This is well into his NASCAR career. And he is probably hanging it out more like a regular dirt car than anybody else driving Mm -hmm. way off that right rear and diving in the corners and then diving down to the apron and yeah, catching the dirt with his, front left uh, one thing i love about this is that even though it's dirt modifieds and they are kind of running dirt lines it's this is a very nice primer on how thompson races it doesn't look a ton different from what you'd see from a regular modified race or the way these guys get in the corners because the the video doesn't really do it justice but the banking at thompson is very steep mm-hmm. it's well above 20 degrees and the straightaways are very flat so there's only certain ways you can, you can't really get too high, you know, without having to diamond the corner very seriously. And I don't know. It's if you were to go to tops with me this weekend for the icebreaker, you would probably see the exact same lines being run as you would here. Um, even with these dirt cars, it's uh, but yeah, it's a nice little primer on Thompson the track really hasn't changed much at all. To be honest with you, there's maybe might be some less grass, <laughs> you know, in between <laughs> the main wall and the spectator wall. But uh, yeah, the track is, it looks just like it does today. Before the race starts, uh, this is a Skull-sponsored series, and they do a starting lineup draw using cans of Skull with the numbers written on the back of them, which I thought that was a very cute bit of product placement. was cute. Um, very, very <laughs> 1980s with that. Yeah. Um, you know, literally from the beginning of the race, it it's just it's just a battle between Jeff Bonin and Bob McCready. Bob starts out with the lead. Uh, eventually Jeff takes over. Um, but it's other than Reggie Ruggiero getting up there for a little bit and battling really this entire race is just those two. Uh, they yeah, just Reg- tear off. Yeah. Reggie plays the long game and kind of waits for the traffic to wear themselves out. And he's very experienced here. Of course, Reggie Ruggiero is a modified asphalt, modified legend. Also, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is sort of a drinking game you can play. Like every single time they mispronounce his name as Ruggiero. You take a shot, you'll be in the hospital by the time this hour-long video is finished. 
Um, let's see, what else do I have here note-wise? Uh, one little thing I thought was funny, um, they uh, boast about what they call the race-safe system, which is basically a, I don't know if it's a radio or computer automated system to where when the caution's out, there's a little yellow light on the dashboard of each car that, that Yeah, I know a couple guys up. could get it, look into that. <laughs> yeah, definitely could. Um, so I guess, I guess that was, that was high-tech for 1989 um at one point danny johnson uh his crew chief uh, gets interviewed because danny was having problems with the drive line i guess and this crew chief uh, a he looks like he's 16 years old and b he's even more annoyed than danny was during his interview um when he people- turned around to face the camera i was shook i was like whose child is <laughs> As far as the actual broadcast, or, or I shouldn't say broadcast, or whatever you want to call this production itself, I'll admit that it's a little bit tough to follow at times because there's very clearly a bunch of points where the announcers are talking about what's going on in different parts of the track, and you're just seeing guys. And even if you're a fan of some of these drivers, the cars aren't necessarily incredibly recognizable. Like Kenny Tremont, my all-time favorite that I talked about. I spent time in his house as a child. Uh, he was in the race, and it took me a while to finally spot his car, um, yeah. just because, like, a the quality of the video isn't the greatest, admittedly. But I mean, we're talking over thirty years old of of you know dirt dirt modified footage. So yeah, it's it's also like it's the track PA. It goes yeah. from the professional audio to a recording of the track PA, and it doesn't line up particularly oh. well. They they definitely cut out some laps and overlay the wrong audio and it eventually yeah. comes back around like a windshield wiper does you know it gets back in the tempo of the song you're listening to yep it, it works out that way but it is admittedly pretty hard to watch so you just kind of have to, it's like if you're at the actual track and you go up to go have a beer and you come back and sit yeah. down and they've caught lap traffic you have no idea what's going on you just kind of sit there and soak it in that's this yep. video but <laughs> i mean that's 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 kind of how i mean even if you go back to to nascar back then uh i mean it's not like you really got much more than a top 10 ticker half the time as far as who was where i mean yeah no. maybe the announcers would be more tuned in with what's going on in the track but i mean it really it wasn't until the last like 20 years that racing production for all forms of motorsports really really got good so i mean again for a 30 plus year old short track video it's good enough. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was the mid nineties when we first started seeing that on the ABC broadcasts, if I remember correctly, because I remember growing up and there was never a ticker for the most part. Not, not like a full, commercial, you know, not or, like a full on ticker, but I mean like ESPN, I think would have at least like the top 10, you know, yeah. at the very least for a long uh, time. All they did was that little like transparent number telling you what lap it was on in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's and very that was true. It. So, uh, but yeah, if, if you're used to it, again, even with that said, this video is a little hard to follow in the middle of it, but still fantastic archival footage. Uh, yep. I recommend um, watching the whole thing for that reason. Yep. Um, with about 20 laps to go, uh, we get a, a short interview with Bob McCready's crew chief, who really has not much confidence at all in his driver. He's just like, you know, I don't know if we can do it. We'll see how these laps, you know, uh, pan out. Um, and it turns out that uh, he almost did it. Like Bob was was fading in and yep. out, and and the last lap in turn one, he got he dove in deep and he tried his hardest. But you know, uh, he made a really valiant effort for a guy that races dirt about ninety eight percent of the time he's on the track. Uh, com- you know, 
compared to a Winston Cup winner who was track champion at this place, you know, less than a decade prior. Um, so he did really good. Yeah, definitely, um, uh, definitely a uh, a little glimpse that if you don't know who Barefoot Bob is, just how incredibly talented of a driver he is. Oh, for sure. And 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 I'll say this now. Um, we record on Tuesdays, and you'll be hearing this on Wednesday, hopefully. Uh, there will be a Bob McCready T-shirt for sale on uh, the Speedway Screen site today. Uh, so if you, <laughs> what size is it, buddy? <laughs> I got. I'm not. It's either a large or extra large. I'm not sure off the top of my bitch. head. One of those two. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be watching the Speedway Screens Instagram. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this, you should watch that too because Brian posts all kinds of good shit all the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Turn on your notifications, Rob. Yep, there egg. you go. I'll, I'll my, you my, my little. My little race safe yellow light's gonna pop off on that thing. <laughs> so yeah, like like I said, um, the race was won by Jeff Bodine, and you know I, I obviously wanted Bob to win, but I can't say I'm surprised. I was a little more surprised that uh, Schrader and Brett Hearn weren't up there, but again, like Bob and Jeff were just gone, and they were lapping the entire field. So yeah. uh, judging by the way they were lapping in the heat, I feel like they probably cooked their tires <laughs> pretty quickly. Yeah. Thompson will eat eat rubber for sure uh did you notice that in jeff bodine's victory lane uh, interview he's talking about uh hoosier in a very complimentary way and how impressed he was with tires and that sort of thing and this is only about three years before he uh or maybe a little bit no no the the tire wars were already happening in 89 um they were it it had already begun um you know, there's plenty of really interesting documentaries about that on YouTube if you haven't watched any of those. But uh, yeah, the tire wars had already begun then. So I mean, that's. I guess I'm not... thinking of '94 when Bodine opened up his own team and really went for it and was sort of the champion of Hoosier tires. Uh, it's yeah, kind of interesting yeah. to hear him this early. Uh, was he on Hoosiers at this point when he was driving for Hendrick? I think they always stuck with Goodyear's, correct? So. As someone who's watched those documentaries many times, it wasn't so much teams sticking with one brand. It was which which brand brought tires to the track that week that actually were usable. If you go back and, right. and like you watch those documentaries, there were certain weeks was like, Goodyear brought a tire that they can't run. Hoosier has to be run by everybody. It wasn't there was no there wasn't really brand allegiance back then. It was just whichever tires held up the best is what you ran. So yeah, that's our video of the week, and I haven't picked out a video of the week next week yet, but uh, stay tuned. It'll be something good, I'm sure. Um, and that is going to lead us to this coming weekend in Bristol. Uh, last year, uh, Ashley and I had a really great weekend going to both Monster Trucks and the Bristol Dirt Race, and oh, unfortunately, sure. neither <laughs> one of us will be in attendance this year, but uh, I'll definitely be watching on Sunday. Yeah, 7 p.m. start time on a Sunday night. I don't know how I feel about that, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll be watching. That's for sure. Well, it allows everybody to get their churching out of the way. Yeah, they get this Easter thing. Yeah. 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 I've got to go have a family cookout and watch children hunt for eggs. I won't be doing any of that. I'll just be beers and watching racing by myself yeah. with, with my animals i'm, I'm gonna be hung over as hell uh, after a weekend at thompson doing the same thing in my little easter dress watching the children prance about 
I, I got to see if any of my local tracks are open yet. Last I looked, nobody seemed to open until the end of April. But uh, maybe if there's something interesting going on this weekend, I'll try yeah. to check something that's, out. That's pretty common up here in New England. Thompson's always the first track to officially open with the Icebreaker Weekend. It's usually the first week of April. But, of course, as we said earlier, got rained out. By the way, if anyone listening to this is going to the Icebreaker this weekend, I'll be there both Friday and Saturday nights for the whole shebang. It's going to be pretty good. Um uh, I'm wondering how much the car count would have been affected if they didn't cancel last weekend because all a bunch of guys were trapped down in uh, Richmond mm-hmm. for their NASCAR mm-hmm. commitments. So uh, we'll see what the car count is like this weekend. I bet it's going to be pretty good. Usually these 10,000 to win shows really draw a lot of cars. But yeah, if you happen to be coming, uh, trap me down. I'm pretty easy to find in a crowd. I have shitty, greasy hair and a big beard uh, and probably some dumb T-shirt I bought from Brian. Uh, I'll look cool. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. But yeah, come say what's up, and we'll have a couple of Budweisers from the old beer stand at Thompson. You bringing the old tub? Uh, I am bringing the old tub. <laughs> and by old tub, I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the icebreaker is always fun. And again, if you watch this uh, this video of the week of ours, uh, you can see how kind of unique and racy Thompson is. If you show up, how long of a drive is that from you, Rob? Twenty-five minutes. Oh shit! Oh yeah, that's that's like yeah. me, uh, me from the valley uh, yeah. when I lived in New York. It's a damn shame because they they don't run nearly as much as they used to. In fact, this is another track that's sort of been under the, uh, you know, the shadow of a threat of closure for some time now. Uh, mm-hmm. The folks at the American Canadian Tour stepped in to uh, run the oval. And they, uh, they do a few shows over the course of the summer. Most of them are midweek, which is nice for me. But, again, that doesn't really draw out a lot of cars. Uh, and, then of course, they have the Icebreaker and the World Series as their big events. Uh, so kudos to the American-Canadian Tour, even though you guys didn't approve my little media credential request. Okay. <laughs> I don't take it personally because no one knows what our podcast is, and it's called Meet Me at Applebee's, so I get it. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Still, American-Canadian Tour rips. Those guys have done a great job at that racetrack, and I'm excited to go uh, – see a weekend of racing run by them because the shows always run really tight too so you're not sitting around waiting for a fucking street stock feature to get cleaned up for three hours um Mm -hmm. but yeah come out and say hi please uh thompson's a great place and uh again that shadow is not lifted over the track necessarily so come out while you can cool well that's gonna i think wrap it up uh for another week at applebee's uh as always you can follow us on instagram at meet me at applebee's on twitter which again is not really active meet me at dubbies uh i am at speedway screens on all forms of social media and speedwaytsj.etsy.com yeah watch out for that barefoot bob shirt uh rob (laughs) boats underscore unofficial on instagram my band's called these wild planes uh that's it yeah true love yeah uh snake mountain underscore true love and snake mountain goods on etsy so. before we shove mm. off who, who do you guys got for this week and any hot takes any more anger you want to get out before we uh <laughs> hang up the phone here really just curious to see davenport jonathan davenport in a cup card oh yeah he's running a truck too he's running and that number truck. seven truck too yeah. i got more faith in the truck than uh um, the, 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 the cup car but, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be uh, – I don't know if he'll win, but I think he'll, everyone will be very impressed with uh, how he holds up. And I, yeah. I, I'm also very, very excited to watch Superman get out there Oh yeah, give it a shot. I told my buddy last year not to bet on Kyle Busch, and then we saw him win. Um, <laughs> so I don't even know what to say. Uh, I would like to see Chase Briscoe win. Um, that would be cool. Uh, yeah. But I guess we'll see if he's got, got another good run in him this year. I feel he's- so – 
Tyler Reddick is my my choice for winner. He got mm-hmm. robbed last year, and I think he, he um, I think that uh, he's been good at every race so far. And if there's gonna be another guy to win two in rapid session, I think it, it's gonna be him. It it could happen. He he's definitely one I'm gonna put a couple bucks on for sure. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, hopefully the weather plays nice because it's supposed to rain Thursday through Sunday. So it could be real sloppy. Well, we'll all be at Thompson (laughs) (laughs) freezing our asses off. So cool. All right, folks. Well, thank you once again for joining us at Applebee's and uh, we will see y'all next week.